Welcome everybody back to Bit About Crypto. I'm David James, the Job Whisperer. And on this show, we talk about uh, all forms of cryptocurrency and specifically how you can actually find a job in the cryptocurrency market. So if you actually have some skills or talents you want to apply, then you can find me at the BTC Recruiter on Twitter. And uh, if you want to go the long route, you can email me at davidj at blockchainrecruiters.net. And so I just want to say also thank you for all the nice com uh, comments and compliments and emails and tweets that we've got. Remember, Dave uh, Hampton and myself, we will never, <clears throat> ever uh, say, hey, send us money. We never post in our comments saying, hey, send us money on Telegram or whatever. Those are scammers. Those are frauds. But speaking of David Hampton... <laughs> The Robo oh, yeah, speaking of frauds, <laughs> scammer. <laughs> speaking of frauds and scammers, okay. yeah, take, all right, yeah, take it from so, here. Yeah, you want to go there, huh? <laughs> no, 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 but I kind of, I guess I'm kind of in that mood, right? I'm kind of bad. Uh, so, your, your moods are very capricious, capricious, right? I capitulate to capriciousness. So, anyhow, that's uh, so yeah, so we're we're uh, we're a bit about crypto and um. The genesis of this show was to teach people about cryptocurrency and what I've tried to do and what we've tried to do <clears throat> because God to give David's also a recruiter like me and he's brought in some guests as well. We want people who actually have some affect as it relates to cryptocurrency in their life, how it's affected them, how they see it affecting them. And um, it's the best way to learn because what we've found is that there's a lot to learn about cryptocurrency and people don't like to look foolish. And when they want to actually learn, sometimes it's very difficult to learn and to learn correctly, right? Or, so, or quickly, for that matter, right? I mean, yeah, like well, like Michael Saylor says, you know, you need a thousand hours to actually understand Bitcoin, and <clears throat> I think he's right. I think he's absolutely right, and that so that the, the I I know somebody said to me. I really wanted to learn a lot about Bitcoin, and uh, the person said, "No, you need to buy Doge and Shiba Inu." Instead, Bitcoin's too expensive, right? And that, that was that person's first introduction. And for those of you who don't know what those coins are, those coins, if you were to go into your bank, you would qualify for your fool and your money program. That's, they'd say, oh, you want those coins? Step right up. You qualify for the fool and his money program if you want to buy Doge and Shiba Inu. These are coins that actually have no, no use case, no, no purpose, value, yeah. and unlimited supply. You're better off like uh, buying fiat and putting it under your mattress. But I, I guess I'm kind of digressing. So, anyhow, <clears throat> David. Yes. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Dallas. Are you fond of Dallas? Uh, I don't, I'm not say I wouldn't say I'm fond of Dallas. Do you have fond memories of Dallas? Or uh, I I do. I I mean I. Damn! I like, what a downer. I like going back to Dallas to see the the people that that stay there. Right. right, my buddies that from high school, you know, uh, my buddy Garrett, who's uh, he's done for the last seventeen years. You want to give him a plug? Uh, yeah, Garrett Garrett Feimster, he's uh, Blue Ribbon High School uh, principal, principal of the year nomination. Uh, went from so basically if, from one hundred and fiftieth. If to he like could be a cryptocurrency, top, top seven. he'd be a Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, man, he he's he's uh, he, he's not anti-investing. He just doesn't know. No, enough. no. But as far as principles go, if he if he was a principal and he had to pick to be a, a crypto, he'd be a Bitcoin. Oh, he'd be a Bitcoin, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, there's only two kinds of people: those that have invested in Bitcoin and those that eventually will. So, yeah. but anyhow, um, <clears throat> yeah. So the reason I say, do you like Dallas? Um, 
Yeah. You know, you know, I love Dallas. I love the Cowboys. I mean, it's a love-hate relationship. I think I might... By, I don't by, know how you can love the Cowboys. Well, I'm a masochist. I like yeah, the pain. I, mean, I, I enjoy getting that close. You picked the right sadist. Kind of so. like... Uh, I mean, Jerry De- Jones, the true sadist. Des Bryant, just going to his knees and just letting the ball fall out of his hands in the end zone when, in the playoffs. I... I don't know what's worse, going to the playoffs and losing or like going six and ten and not making the playoffs. But anyhow, it just so happens. Uh, you know what to say. It's the hope that kills you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It is the hope that kills you or at least makes you want to be dead. You know, uh, so I um, and you know this. We talk about it, like how how do we recruit candidates? You know, we it's 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 intuitive. It's psychic. It's spiritual. And I really needed a guest, and I just wasn't getting the calls back from people. And I just, I don't know what I put up in LinkedIn. I think I like, I think maybe it was Bitcoin Evangelist, or I don't even remember. And I got to our ne- next guest, and I read, I read his, uh, I read his profile, <clears throat> and he he had the title of, well, many titles. He had Brand Evangelist, right? And now he's a crypto curator. And I went. Wow. And I just I just intuitively saw some of the language that he was using. And he felt the same way about Bitcoin that I do and cryptocurrency and wanting to actually share it with others. Not because and I say this when people ask me about Bitcoin, it's not because I get a toaster oven if you buy some. Right. Mm-hmm. It's because my I have I have true evangelism, kind of like we have evangelism for some of the clients we recruit for. Right. When, yeah. when we feel so good about them, the candidates can hear. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, and basically, so, yeah, uh, Paul McNeil is the, uh, he's going to be our next guest, and he, he's got a, a very interesting resume. He was in the Navy for 10 years, and I said to him, I said, so, did you ever come to San Diego? He said, never been there. And I literally, he's the only person I've ever spoken to who's in the Navy, or at least for 10 years in the Navy, and never came to San Diego County. So, uh, maybe he's going to talk uh, about that. Very, very odd. Very yeah, unusual, yeah. I would well, say. Well, I mean, he, he is odd, right? He's odd because he, he was in the Navy, didn't come to San Diego. And he's odd because he found Bitcoin in 2011. And I'm waiting to hear that story. Right? I'm just, I'm just, I want to hear all about that. So, with no further ado, I want to really welcome uh, this week's guest to Bit About Crypto Podcast, Mr. Paul McNeil. Thank you so much for joining up. Is your head swelling from me uh, giving you all those mad props? <laughs> not really but uh it was a good intro i like it yeah yeah so hey welcome to bit about crypto so uh uh yeah so uh where i'd like to start is you know here's the deal we can we can go wherever you want right and the whole thing about bit of crypto let's get to know the people from a human interest like so from from the simpatico part of things yep. <clears throat> where yep. so tell me about where you grew up how you grew up what your life was like like let's let's talk like all the way up before graduating high school or whatever. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so I was born and raised in Dallas. What part of Dallas? South Oak Cliff. South Oak Cliff. All right. Yep, I, yep, yep. I, so down in the south, yeah, I, I went to South Oak Cliff High School. Yeah, where, where they grow those kids long, man. I, I coached the WT White, man. Every single time I we went down there, it's like, where, where are these kids coming from? And what, what's in the water? They're like six Great. eight. Our tallest kid oh, is like grow six the kids three. Long. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, 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 that grew up in Dallas. Um, you know, I typical, you know, inner city kid. I guess in actually wasn't even a city. It's more suburbs. I mean, where I lived, uh, it wasn't really a city. Uh, it was in a place called Fruitdale. So, 
You don't hear Fruitdale a lot. The only time you've heard Fruitdale, actually, and you might not have heard it, is from one person that was in the NBA. Name's Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman's from Fruitdale? Dennis Rodman, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he is. Okay, go ahead. Did you know him as a kid? No, I didn't know him as a kid. I think he actually went south of the cliff as well, but I think he was a little bit before me. Um, He didn't didn't play basketball. He wasn't like a... He didn't... Yeah. he, no. didn't, he didn't grow until he went to college. He went to, he was working at Southeast Oklahoma State and he wasn't mm-hmm. he didn't he grew while he was working there. He grew to like six eight. And, yep. and then the coach there saw him and he's like, Hey, why don't you why don't you play some ball? And like he he, <laughs> he he went there late. He wasn't I mean, he basically was kicked out of his house and went, you know, and anyways, it it yeah, he's a good story. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great story. So uh so you know, while I was in, you know, I worked fast foods all the way through high school. And then after I got out, I kept working fast foods. And um, that's where recruiters met me. I was actually working at McDonald's up in North Dallas, Valley View Mall. And uh, they came through and I was on my way to work. And one of them was like, hey, hey, wait a minute. They were like, come over, talk with us. You're like a squared away young man. I was like, yep, but I'm on my way to work. And so they were like, but, but, you know, we want to talk to you about the Navy, blah, blah. I said, listen, I said, I go on break, stop by then, we can chit chat. So they did. And I thought they were, weren't going to do it. They stopped by, they convinced me to go down to MEPS. And before you know it, I was standing there with my hand raised and I would do so solemnly swear to protect and defend the Constitution. From all, uh, from all threats, foreign and domestic. Yeah. And for those of you guys right. who don't know, MEPS, military entrance. It, Processing. 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 Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's I got a I've got a story like that because I decided as soon as I was legally eligible or I could forge a note from my parents, I was gonna join the Marine Corps. And wasn't nobody gonna stop me because by the time they found out I was gonna be gone. And so right. I go down I mean, I used to see those those guys come to the school and they would yell at everybody for for not paying attention. It's like, yeah, I I, I, I need that type of discipline. So I went down to the Marine Corps and the door was shut. And I went to the Army. I said, hey, man, when are the Marines going to be open? So as you I, – I never went back to the Marines. I, uh, yeah. I, joined, I joined the Army. And, uh, yeah, they, they, got a, they got a smart guy to join the infantry. And I'm going to tell you, that's uh, – if you're smart and you're in the infantry, you're going it, to – it's going to be painful. Frustrating. It's yeah. going to be painful, right? Because you could take orders from people yeah. who, who have half your IQ. But I digress. So, but anyhow, so, yeah, so they, they decide that uh, – they say you want to be a Navy SEAL, or do you want to do you want to work submarines, or how did they? What did they tell you to get you? What was that that hook? Believe it or not, it was computers. I tell them they asked me, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, "Hey, I want to do something with computers." And so the person I start to say, "I know exactly who to talk to. Come around and talk to this detailer." So mm-hmm. I go over and I talk to the detailer, and he says, "Hey, we got this program called the Submarine Advanced Electronics Field." You can work with a lot of computers there. It'd be great, blah, blah, blah. And you scored well enough on your ASVAB. It'll get you into the program. I was like, okay, sign me up. And so off I went. And uh, my first, of course, I went to boot camp up in Great Lakes. And then I left Great Lakes. And I went to Connecticut for sub-school. And while I was in sub-school there, I went down and saw a submarine for the very first time in my life. Didn't know what it was. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. (laughs) I'm going to be on one of those. They were like, yeah, did you not know that? And I was like, uh, not really, but hey, it is what it is. I, I, I just got to ask, how tall are you? I'm 5'11". Okay, yeah. so I heard that if you're 6'2 or taller, you are ineligible for submarine duty. Is that correct? Sort of, kind of. Sort of, kind of. We had an engineer that was 6'4". Okay. 
Interesting. He had a he had a rough time. Needless to say, yeah, he had a lot of everything's, bumps and bruises. Everything's on his head. low. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that's like being smart in the infantry, being tall in the submarine. Right. Hey, you're welcome. It's just, it's not going to be the guest experience that other people are going to have. Right? So, I know. Right. all right. right. So, you go you go to sub school and. Uh, so, I go to sub school. Yeah. And, and I get done with all that stuff. And so, it comes time for us to pick where we want to go. And so, you get your choice of three duty stations. Believe it or not, my first duty station was San Diego. And then my second duty station was down in, uh, in Georgia. And my third duty station, I think, was up in Washington or something. I was not leaving the U.S. And I <laughs> to, yeah, OK. Yeah, exactly. I wound up going to Hawaii. That was my first duty station. OK, not <laughs> Every, so bad. Was, not so bad. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't wasn't on my list, but I was like, OK. So I went, I went to Hawaii. I spent four years in Hawaii on two different subs. I actually have a correction to my story about San Diego now that I think about it. Uh, we actually pulled into San Diego for like a day and we pulled back. Hold out. on a second. Hold uh, on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I told you yeah. I couldn't trust this guy. I told you. <laughs> I Did I tell you? I, I mean, said, he's got to be lying. Did you not know they gave you that list just to have no, no, the no, no, illusion no. of he being said able to where you want to go? How can you not not know you've been to San Diego? I just, I, should we end the podcast now? <laughs> Anyhow, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So we, we, we pulled in for down from USS Aspro, the Aspro. Uh, was doing some some stuff. We pulled into San Diego and then we pulled back out. Uh, but that was that was and I my my feet did not touch the the ground in San Diego. Reprieve, we literally. There's your reprieve yeah. right there. You're still in international <laughs> waters. All right, all right, go on. <laughs> so, so so I got done with my tour in Hawaii. I eventually came over to the East Coast. I did three years shore duty in D.C. Went down to Virginia to finish tour. Uh, like a year and a half, and then I got out of the military, and that was my 10 years. Mm -hmm. You get out as an E6? I did get out as an E6. I was one year short of my goal for E7, so I decided to get out. I wanted to make E7 uh, under 12. Uh, the reason for that is that E7 under 12, you wear red insignia. There's only two reasons that you're going to get to do that. First is if you got busted, which is not a good thing. Second is that you made E7 early and they couldn't put gold on you because you weren't at 12 years. So I didn't have that opportunity. So I said, bye-bye. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, just to put it into context, there was a guy named Sergeant Gracia. Sergeant Gracia was an E5 and he had, wait for it, six three-year hashes on his arm. Six, six, <laughs> six. And it, I, I, it wasn't that he got busted. It's just he yeah. was stone stupid. Stone <laughs> stupid. But anyhow, I'm sorry. You, you took me down memory lane. So, yeah. ADI, it, it, at least you had like some intellectual stimulation uh, in, in your, your venture. So you get, out, you get out of the Navy. And yep. so, so let's talk about the, what you're doing. Are you doing any type of – is it sonar? Is it any type of crypt, crypt, cryptography? Is there anything that, that got the, the juices going as far as what ultimately led you into crypto? No, not at all. Okay. All right. Zero. So you get out of the, can I ask what year did you get out of the army? Or sorry, yeah, never Navy. the Navy, sorry, the military. 2001. Okay. What, what month? Uh, April. Okay. So let me ask you this question. How did, did you go into the reserves or are you done? Done. Okay. So how did you feel as having been six months, four, five months out when nine 11 happened? Uh, you know, um, 
I didn't, I, I didn't, I, I was still working at the agency when that happened. I was, we were, we were at Fort Belvoir. I'll never forget the day. Uh, chief sitting behind me because I was working for a defense threat reduction agency at the okay, time. Okay, so well, hold on and, a second. So your first job out of the Navy, right, is you go directly to the, uh, um, I'm sorry, the, um, the defense threat reduction yeah, agency. Yeah, defense threat. So yep. you, you become a civilian contractor. Correct. Okay. Correct. Contractor. All right. Yep. Okay. So I was sitting there at the desk, and and all of a sudden, someone from the conference room comes and says, "Hey, listen, a plane just flew into a building in New York," and we're like, "What?" And I thought it was like a little prop plane or something like that, and we just kept working at our desk. And then someone called us in the conference room. We came in. There's all this smoke coming out of the building. And then as we're sitting there watching it, plane two hits the building and we all literally freak out. So we all run back to our desk. We're gathering stuff up. And then we get the announcement that uh, a plane had run into the Pentagon and, and they sent an alert and told everybody to leave the agency. So we all booked at home. But it was a crazy time for sure. But yeah, I was a contractor. Okay. So you're a contractor. And then what was the next thing you actually did? I actually became a government employee. I was a GS for a while and did that for about a year. And then a good friend of mine started a business and uh, I partnered up with him. He didn't have anybody sort of helping him out. And I took the leap of faith to do a startup. And we ran that together for about eight years. And then I made an exit out. He kept it, merged it, sold it. And, you know, then I did my own thing. I started my own consulting practice. You're consulting what kind of consulting? IT consulting. Okay. IT, pretty much IT support. So companies that would need someone to help them with anything IT related, that's what I was doing. LAN, WAN, security, yep. all that yep. stuff. Like right. man managed service provider. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. So um, I don't know how, how I'm going to get to where I want to go. So, okay. That, that, well, I, 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 can, yeah, okay. I can tell you where you want to go. Uh, yeah, so yeah. It was, it was, You're not it was shy. During, yeah, it was during the time of me being a managed service provider that I was on Twitter. I literally live on Twitter that I came across and I believe it was Max Kaiser's show. Yeah, baby. Uh, orange pill that he told me. And at the time it wasn't actually orange pill. It was just him and Trey, uh, him and um, Stacy, Tracy, uh, Stacy, Stacy. Yeah. It was just him and Stacy. And they had a show that they were doing. And I think I either saw a tweet or saw something that went to his show and he was talking about Bitcoin and, you know, Max, he was talking it on crazy and I, we got to, you know, it was going crazy. So I was like, what is this Bitcoin thing? And so I pulled up the white paper. I read through it, having the little technical knowledge that I have. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I started paying attention. So what does pay? So for me, <clears throat> and I talk about my story, I, I was told in May of 2013. And as he, he's one of my mentors, he's actually been a guest on the show, Uncle Jim, as he likes to refer. That's his pseudonym. And Uncle Jim said, uh, as he was telling me about Bitcoin, he was seven, minute, seven minutes into the explanation, and I knew I was going out to get one that day, right? Wow. So, yeah, and, and the price of Bitcoin, the day I heard about it and bought it, was $210. How much was it wow. when you first heard it and bought it or heard about it? When I first heard about it, it was under 100 but when I bought it, it was 125 mm -hmm. It took me a little while. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I, I understand. And like everybody else, no matter what, no matter where you bought Bitcoin, whether you bought it for $10,000 or $200 or $4,000 or $5, you didn't buy enough. You didn't, but nobody, nobody says they bought enough. Right. And that's, and that's the funny thing about uh, Bitcoin. It's fear and greed. Right. It's, 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 it is. or any type of uh, type of investing. So you go out. So when I bought Bitcoin, the only way you could buy it is I literally, it was cash. You remember cash for coins? 
mm-hmm. right? So for the audience, here's what happened. I'll, I'll tell my experience. You would actually go, you would, uh, you would get the guy's account number at Wells Fargo and Bank of America, and you would go and you would deposit cash, right? And then you would get the receipt for the cash, and then you would write your, your email address or, you know, and your phone number on it, and then you would fax it to him. And you would wait. Talk about third-party counter-risk, right? And then he would put it for you on the blockchain. And that there were no wallets. There were no exchanges, no Coinbase, no Bitnex, Bitfinex, none of that. And so that's that's how I got Bitcoin. How did you get Bitcoin? How did you first buy it? Actually, believe it or not, I bought it with Circle. I bought it with Circle. Jeremy Allaire, those guys had launched Circle because the whole, the whole Mount Gox thing and the method that you're talking about, it was way too weird for me. And that's why I wasn't going to use any of those methods. I was like, nope, I don't understand it. I'm not going to deal with it. But when Circle came out, they were sort of like one of the first platforms that seemed somewhat credible, seemed like they sort of knew what they were doing. It was fairly easy to get it. So I downloaded the Circle app and I bought my first Bitcoin on Circle. Got it. Got it. So, all right. So you you bought your first Bitcoin in the one twenties. That's a that's not the one one twenty thousands, by the way. That's one hundred and twenty dollars. Thick monopoly, right? Yes. One 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 gold piece of paper. One white. One gold with a hundred on it, right? One twenty with right. it, right? One hundred and twenty U.S. Yeah. dollars, right? So, <clears throat> so talk. So you you got an interesting uh, pronouncement in your life. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give out your resume right here. So you sure, you're the sure. president of the Sturgeon Group, which is mm-hmm. a consulting firm which helps individuals and organizations become more aware of digital assets and blockchain technology. It sounds to me like you'd be a great community manager if uh, if I get a search that's appropriate. I'm being dead serious. It's like I, I'm already mm-hmm. seeing you as a candidate for whenever. Mm-hmm. And then. And so you're doing that current, you've been doing that 11 years, and you're also the head of operations, Watershed mm-hmm. Analytics, right? And you just, mm-hmm. you just started that recently. Mm-hmm. And, that's, uh, and, and this is one of the things that I really like. Watershed Analytics LLC is pro- a provider of forward-thinking media intelligence. When you use the word forward-thinking, that's why I said, I, gotta, I, gotta, I, I hope this guy calls me back, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then also, you're a Bitcoin speaker and evangelist, helping businesses and individuals understand loving your business. So this is so far three jobs that you actually have in concurrence. And well, and the fourth one is you are the crypto curator. And I know what it's like. I mean, I'm a partner of a construction recruiting firm. I, I actually have a, the Bitcoin blockchain recruiting firm. And I also have this podcast. So I'm the, like the partner, partner and CEO of these three ventures. So I know what it's like to have three horses in, in going three different directions. And you're the crypto curator. I'm going to read this. I have been, this is not I, David James, this is, this is Paul McNeil. I, Paul McNeil, have been aware of Bitcoin since 2011. I use my knowledge of the industry to curate news information and help save you time and effort and keep up with this fast-moving technology. And the thing about it is the reason that's so important to me right now and to our guests is there's so much FUD and nonsense out there. Like, well, Bitcoin is for, for terrorists and Bitcoin is for extortionists and Bitcoin is for drug dealers. It's like, no, cash is for drug dealers because you can't trace it. Bitcoin, in fact, is traceable. Anyhow, I'm talking way too much. So what, why don't you talk to my audience about all these wonderful things that you're doing? Just anywhere you want to start. 
Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I, I am a, a jack of all trades. Uh, I really enjoy keeping myself occupied. And uh, what keeps me most occupied is when someone says they need help. If you ever want me to do something, just say, hey, Paul, I need some help. And I'm like, and that's what I've done sort of all of my career is that whenever I found an opportunity where someone needed help, I felt like I was helping. I did. So the Watershed Analytics is a good friend of mine. We were business partners at Intuition. We launched that business together. And so he's now done with his non-compete from selling the other business. And so, of course, I told him, if you need a hand, let me know. I got time. He says, OK. And so I'm now helping him with that business, which is a new new company. But the Sturgeon Group, of course, I put both of these things under the same umbrella because I can do multiple things under that umbrella, which is the Sturgeon Group. But I do ISP type, I mean, uh, not ISP, but MSP type activities, but I also house my cryptocurrency business under it as well. And okay, so, tell, tell our audience what MSP is. Tell yes, them. it's managed service provider. Normally small businesses and the ones that I'm dealing <clears> with are small doctor's offices where it's the practitioner, they may have a couple of other folks work in the office, but they don't have the knowledge or the ability to bring in a ISP to set up a router, firewall, switches, computers, faxes, phones. They don't want to deal with the one they, they can't deal with even if they wanted to, but I have that skill set. So I do that, all that for them. Um, but in addition to that, like I said, for those companies, because I am in the digital asset space, if a company wants to understand this space a lot better, and even individuals, then I offer that service as well, where I can help get people up to speed. Now I'll tell people, I know a little about a lot because I'm curating the news all day long. So if they begin to want to go down one specific vertical, I will point them in the right direction. I might not be the best candidate for that, but I know who to connect them with because I've been in the industry forever. Understand. So do you help uh, any businesses with things like keeping Bitcoin on their balance sheet? I don't, but most of the activity I have with businesses would be brand awareness. Uh, a lot of the companies I've worked with, I help raise that mm. awareness of that brand to folks because I literally live on Twitter. I tell people a joke all the time. I say, listen, if you don't see a tweet from me in a given day, please call the hospital because something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, right, right, that's right. <laughs> that's right. But yeah. that, 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 that's literally me. So what I do mostly when it comes to the business side right now is mostly brand awareness type activities or it's connecting them with other folks that they're looking to connect with. Someone might say, hey, listen, I want to get on a particular podcast. Okay, I might have some leads there. Hey, I want to make sure I get put in this publication. I might have some leads there. Or I just want to raise the awareness of my brand. I have about 26,000 connections on Twitter, about 18,000 on LinkedIn. And so I can help put that message out there where folks will see it. And then I can strategically help engage folks with that brand. So, Interesting. So um, what would you say to people that are new to the space? So you curate information. So yep. how do you or how do you not talk about Bitcoin or crypto or whatever, right? I mean, yeah. I, 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 for example, for me, when someone says to me, and I repeat this, hey, man, how do I, I – I've got somebody now, okay? Hey, Nick Valencia, I'll call you tonight, right? He actually literally says – Hey, I want to get Bitcoin. I say, go to Coinbase, open up account. Let me know when it's funded. 
That's what I do. Not, and I'm not a proponent or an advocate or a paid spokesman for Coinbase, but it's the easiest, safest way. I just don't think people are going to get ripped off. I don't feel that way about Binance. I think Binance is sketchy as hell, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just, and we can go into that. And then what happens is once they actually uh, buy their coins, then I actually say, okay, order a treasure. Let me know when you get it, right? Come to my office, right? We'll make an appointment, and I'll show you how to set it up so you can self-custody. Do you find that you do these things for people as well, and what, what's your process? I do, and what I'm starting to tell people right now is Cash App. A lot of people that I talk with already use Cash App. They, they know it already. It's already linked to their banks. And I'm like, by the way, did you know there's a little button at the bottom down there? You can just press that button. It's like they got a B on it. And they're like, oh. And they press it. I'm like, yeah, that's how you buy Bitcoin. Just go ahead and buy it. I said, as a matter of let's make it simple for you. Just set it and forget it. Put a reoccurring purchase of 2500 bucks. I don't care what you do. Just put something there and hit it and say, put it every week and walk away. Hold on a second. So for, for our audience, he said 25 a hundred bucks, but it sounded like twenty five hundred bucks. All right, he's not <laughs> yeah. saying set it twenty five hundred that, bucks. That's what I heard too. Now, I know, I, I yeah. know, it's what I heard, but I also I mean, I know what he say, means. That's, that's because, kind of aggressive, because, right? Because, yeah, yeah, because you don't know. That's, that's ten grand a month. Paul McNeil is a baller. He's a ten thousand dollar of uh, I mean, co- dollar cost average. Yeah, like buy twenty percent no, every he's month. He's been buying twenty five hundred dollars of Bitcoin every week since two thousand eleven. It says it right here. It's so, but any right. anyhow, yeah. So what what yeah, he's that's great. What he's really saying to our audience is, is, uh, <clears throat> is just get some, right? And if you just set it and forget it, if you if you can get just twenty five dollars a week, right? <clears throat> Before you know it, it'll be a hundred, it'll be twelve hundred, all right? It it'll add up because it, and this is I want to talk about this. The amount of Bitcoin people don't understand they're taking it for granted, like there will always be meat and milk at my grocery store. <laughs> And there probably will always be meat and milk, right? Because those things are based on the reproduction of uh, um, animal agriculture. We can con- keep producing that. But Bitcoin is finite, right? All right? Runs out and, in and so basically, <clears throat> there, there, was, there was this mathematician I follow. His name is James. And uh, I support him on Patreon. He's really, really smart. And I like following guys who are no fluff. And he was talking about it. He says, there are 50 million millionaires in the world. 50 million millionaires. There are a little less than 1 million Bitcoin on exchanges. What that means is anybody, I can buy, I, if I had the money, I could buy all those million. I could buy them all, right? And so the question was asked, arithmetically, what, what would happen to the price of Bitcoin if one, if, if sorry, if 1 million millionaires wanted to buy one whole bitcoin right now right now and so right now we're in the summer of uh 2021 the price is fluctuated between 30 and 64,000 right so let's call it just 50,000 right the price of bitcoin would go up if if 1 million millionaires were trying to buy one whole bitcoin right now what do you think it would shoot the price to in 90 days david what do I think the price would go to? Yeah, based on that velocity of purchasing. I don't know, hundred thousand. Okay, Paul. About five hundred and thirty-five thousand. Oh my God, it's five hundred and forty thousand. So I don't yeah. know how you know that, or if you heard that too, or or if we're following the same guy. Are you following James? 
Do you yes. follow James? Uh, he's he's so brilliant. If I'd have known that, I would have never invited you on and asked that question. How dare you embarrass the host, right? Yeah. I live on Twitter. Yeah, so you know James who I'm talking about, right? He's just... Yes, I, saw, I saw the exact same post where he was talking about because it's an exponential, because as the first one by a million, I mean... Yeah, it, it, it's an exponential curve. Yeah, and so that's why I tell, well, I, you know, I don't have a lot of money. And I just said, look, buy one quarter of a Bitcoin and set it and forget it. Well, I'm too late. I said, let me tell you something that happened to me. I bought it at $200 in May of 2013. And I was going to buy more, right, in, no, in October of 2013. I was going to buy 10 Right, And then I looked, and the price had gone from $210 to $380. And with disgust, I said, I ain't paying that. That's a ripoff. $380. Right? $380. I just want you guys to understand that. And then it went to 1000 in December of 2013. And I said, it's over for me. It's over for me. Right? And then, you know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that even at 50000 even at 70000 even at 100000 it's still a bargain. It's nothing compared to what it's going to be. And, and just uh, there's an awareness. It's like Albert Einstein said, the level of thinking that, and I'm going to paraphrase this, that got us from where we are, from where we were to where we are, is not going to get us from where we are to where we need to be. Exactly. So anyhow, um, I guess uh, you called me out on my plagiarism there by <laughs> by by plagiarizing, plagiarizing the same guy. Yeah, he's wonderful. And also, this is what I'm going to say to you. Go for those of you who actually are are listening to the podcast and you want to learn more about uh, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. Find mentors. Join the learning learning tribe. That's what, as soon as. Uh, what happened was I came home from India in COVID and I was, I was exiled to my son's room for 14 days. And I decided I was going to study money. I was, gonna re- I was really going to start listening. And the, the people who actually wanted me to pay them money to understand which coins they were going to pick or which stocks they pick or whatever kind of nonsense BS they had, I just said, I'm not going to participate in that. I'm not interested in that. But the people that were true evangelists that were actually giving, giving advice away without an agenda and, you know, take some time to figure out who they are and who they aren't. Uh, those are the people that I listened to. I joined, joined the Learning Tribe. So um, find people that actually aren't telling you to, that aren't touting some type of wallet, some type of site, because they get paid to do it, right? And like, like this, 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 I don't know that we'll never have sponsors. I hope we have sponsors someday. But at no time will we ever sponsor one coin over, uh, over another, et cetera, et cetera. And because there needs to be true discovery. What would your advice be to the audience as far as, as how they're going to learn more about Bitcoin and what to do and not to do? Because you've got a wealth of information. Yeah, and, and that's what I've been doing. I've been using that wealth of information to help folks out. That's why I re-engineered my website, um, and now I put all of the information right on the front page. Hold on a second. So- Can we pop that up, Travis? Tra- yeah, there it is. Oh, that, that, that. oh, yeah, there he is. There's, there's Paul McNeil. For those of you on uh, Apple and Spotify. What's the website that you have? A what, website, one second. Twitter. So, Paul, if you want to find him, he's uh, t- uh, for Twitter, he's at underscore crypto curator. Like, think museum, crypto curator. All right. So, anyhow, put, the, put that website up there, there Travis. And uh, go on. 
And, 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 the, and the reason that I do this is what you just said, curation. So if folks know anything about a museum curator, what they do is they pull together specific pieces of art that tells a story that they can narrate, right? And so that's what I found happens with the media every day. I have it all categorized into sections. And when you dig down into one section, and let's just take, I have a section called Follow That Money, right? And the <laughs> reason that- oh, wait, 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 what's it called? Follow That? Follow that money. Yes. Okay. D-A-T, I, I love it. Money. I love it. The reason that I want people to follow the money is for so many reasons. So for the average person, the reason that they're going to follow the money is because they're looking and seeing how much money is going into digital asset projects every week. And what I found is week over week, a billion dollars is going into digital asset projects. So then for companies, the reason they want to follow that money is because some businesses want to cater to these new startups that's getting all the money. That's and right. guess what? I have it all outlined. You can see where all the companies are. You see who invested in them. You know where they're getting money from. And you know they have money. It might be someone who wants to provide a service to them or something like that or do partnerships with them. So it's a great way to look at one section and see what's really going on. And so I have the entire site curated per section with videos, blogs, tweets, podcasts even. So I know a lot of people put together podcast lists of all the crypto podcast lists. That's great. But the problem is, if you start going through that list, you'll notice, up oh, that one doesn't publish anymore. Up oh, that one hasn't published in two weeks. I produce the podcast that I've published today. That way, you know, you've got fresh podcasts to listen to every day and you don't have to go hunt and find out which one to listen to. So, so, so I do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Paul. Yeah. So for those of you who are on Apple and Spotify, that's thecryptocurator.com. All right. As you can tell, our guest, he's a little introverted and shy and he lacks <laughs> and, and he lacks self-esteem. But other than that, he's got a pretty good message. So. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try. Yeah. So, yeah. So. So. And then on the blog, on the back end of that, I do now again, I do have some membership deals because, as you can all imagine, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into this. And I do value my time. So I do have a way for folks that, hey, they want sort of my take every day on what's all this news going on. I do produce a blog sort of email that I send out to those folks. And then there might be folks that say, I really want to be dialed in. Let me know every second of the day what's going on. I have one for them. Or somebody might say, Paul, I don't have the time to read, watch, or listen. Can you just hop on a call with me and talk me through this? And so I do that for those folks too. So I want people to really get engaged with this, but it requires effort on their part. Yeah, and let me clean something up. What I was saying is, uh, I understand it, especially someone like you, Paul, who's put so much time into it. Because I was, I was literally thinking to myself, dude, how do you get paid, right? I mean, it's because you know you're trying, you're trying to get ten pounds of dirt into a five pound bag, and and, yep. and good on you. But what I'm saying to the audience is, is that beware of anybody who's going to charge you money for their coin selection. That could be so dangerous. You could be, you could be part of a, a, a pump and dump or a rug pull. And if you don't know what those things mean, I'm just going to say pump and dump rug pull. Do you have any positive association with any of those two things? I mean, anybody listening, right? So anyhow, yeah, but so I, I wanted yeah. to make sure I, I'm not anti-sponsor. I'm just anti- right. And, 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 on, and, yeah, and on that note, that's the reason why I started doing what I was doing. So in 2017 is when I started putting together my daily briefs. And that was because I'd heard so many people get involved in scams, BitConnect, <clears throat> USI Tech, <clears throat> and... Wait, 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 wait. What was, what was the one? I forget the name of it. It's come back. It's resurrected as Safe Moon. What was the one? Oh, that, Lord. 
afterward. Well, what was the one that was where you you, you burn ten percent every time you make a cash? You burn ten percent. What was the name of that? Do you remember that one? Yeah, after, after, after I forget the name, yeah. of it, but I don't my but it did come back at Safe Moon. It's yes, horrible. Safe Moon, right? Yeah, yeah no, no yeah. really, it's it's not so Safe Moon. Right? It's not so Safe Moon, oh. and I try and keep people from that. Yeah. Stuff. I'm like, listen, trust me. I'm gonna tell you things, and I tell people the same thing you just said. Listen, pump and dumps and rug pulls. I tell people use reputable platforms. If you don't understand who's behind the projects, run for your life. This is not the game to play. Yeah, and also so. understand what the use case is. What is the use case? I love it. I talk to these young kids. It's like, I got Doge, and it's up to 70 cents. I said, that's awesome. You're a genius. By the way, uh, what's the use case for Doge? And what's the, what's the maximum supply? It's like, what? Right? And, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, so but I, I really understand what you're saying. Yeah. Hey, we're probably going to have Zach call you. Uh, Zach is our, our, okay. our, 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 by giving Zach a name, that would be really unfair. Because he does, <laughs> he does so many, no, no, he, he really, he's our, our BD guy, but he just does so Good. much. He, he, he masters all of our social media. Uh, but he's nice. probably going to call you because we probably want to get a hold of that list of those companies that just got funded. Because what happens, yeah. is what, what, the second thing that happens after you get funded is you need people. So we That's probably right. want to like jump on that. But speaking of needing people, Indeed. we'd like to take a word from our sponsor, which happens to be Blockchain Recruiters. Blockchain Recruiters, my favorite recruiting firm for people in the blockchain space. I mean, just and I'm impartial. So anyhow, okay, wh what are you looking for? Uh, I need a smart contract blockchain senior developer. Okay. Uh, I also need. Let's see here. What else I got? Uh, what do you got going? I I got a blockchain data engineer. All right. So well, these are for some some. Uh, I have top two companies. Are you done? Sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. It's my it's one of my gifts cutting people off. Uh, I know it very well. Verbally and in traffic, yeah, I, I just it. do it so naturally. So yeah, just well, had to be there first. What were you gonna say? So basically, if you need anybody who who's got GoLang, right? I've got two great people that just got off projects and they've got some Go language. So anyhow, that's... Uh, I got a couple clients who were looking for Golang programmers, yeah. All right. What I, what I really want to do is I really want to... I want Richard Hart to hire us for his, his next projects. But anyhow, that's, that's a digression. All right. Well, anyhow, thank you for this. Now back to our regular scheduled program with Paul McNeil. So, Paul, so what... what um, I believe... So, I, so I want, I'm going to just go a little deeper with you on something. Sure. I... I uh, <clears throat> I come from a, my wife is Hispanic, my kids are Hispanic, mm -hmm. and during the last year with the George Floyd and all the stuff, things that happened, I, I was really surprised as I was doing things on Zoom, I'd go to all these chat groups and there were, there were guys from their various or, uh, organizations, guys and gals from various organizations, mm -hmm. but I saw that the Black Lives Matter was asking and they were promoting and evangelizing Bitcoin. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, I really, I was That's seeing, right, and, and it's like, and I, I'm, I, I don't want to get into I neither oppose nor endorse mm -hmm. any cause or any of those kinds of things, mm -hmm. but what I'm finding is there are more people, as it relates to money, that are more marginalized than they think, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't have some type of Rockefeller-type pension fund where you've got third, kind of like Tiger Woods' grandkids, right? Tiger Woods' grandkids, mm -hmm. they they're not going to be worried for money. Even if they're marginalized, they're not marginalized financially because, you know, the wealth creation he's made. And so there's no real way to, like, create it yourself, like grow your own little garden based on the money printing. 
and the just the exploitation of everybody in the world. And so basically everybody's coming to sound money. And I'm watching I'm watching this happen. I'm watching the happen Bitcoin El Salvador. You know, the, people are seeing it and and people say, "Well, I don't believe in Bitcoin." And I say, "Well, some things are true whether you believe them or not." So I, I really want you to speak about how you see Bitcoin, and, and I'm not renouncing anything else, just Bitcoin was first, and Bitcoin's the Mac Daddy of cryptocurrencies, and, and I'm, I'm a strong believer on it, its prevalence. Tell me how you see Bitcoin uh, offering hope and protest to those that are otherwise marginalized by the fiat. Sure. Yeah, when it comes to, you know, folks that are marginalized, and when you look at Bitcoin, as a matter of fact, I... Uh, responded to a tweet to somebody and it was was and I've actually wrote an article that's going to be coming out soon about a particular marginalized community and I said you know it, it does it offers freedom and the reason I say freedom and you probably gives freedom or Bitcoin fixes this uh, the reason is is because once you truly understand what it is and you're able to actually leverage it and not all people are able to and I know that's going to be a crazy outcome back to that point then it gives you freedom because it's an asset that's going to continue to appreciate, as Michael Saylor said, year over year over year over year. And I've watched it for 11 years, 12 years. I've watched Bitcoin appreciate year over year over year. And what it's done for me has been amazing. So going back to the point, not everyone can do it. Here's a part, especially when it comes to the financially marginalized people that have to happen before they can leverage Bitcoin. They've got to learn to save. And that's something that people don't understand. And the way you learn to save is you've got to produce disposable income. And, and, and so I come from a family. Listen, my mother, she never had disposable income. She made probably $15,000 max a year her entire life. So and I don't mean that like $15,000 her life, $15,000 a year. Every year is the most she's ever made her entire life. I don't think her income was ever over fifteen grand When she, quote unquote, retired from having a heart condition, um, she was living on Social Security, which was like 11 at the time. I think it was even like $10,000 a year. So there was zero disposable income. Well, to tell someone like her, hey, go buy Bitcoin, it's going to fix it. No, it won't, because guess what? She has no disposable income to put into Bitcoin. So people that want to leverage Bitcoin have to produce some disposable income that they can put into Bitcoin. I love it. I mean, I really, I just, I was like just letting... I was hoping you were just going to go on because I, I find myself just listening to you and I, I definitely want to want to bring you on again sometime. I, I hope you'll join us. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. Another, another, another piece is something that Andreas Antonopoulos said back in the day. And he said it at several conferences, the best way to get Bitcoin is to earn it, not buy it. So there are a plethora of platforms for you to earn. That's right. Bitcoin. And I use them all the time. And a lot of people right now are waiting on the cashback cards and again, I'm not here to endorse brands, but there's a brand out there that will allow you to earn 10% back without having a specific card. You attach it to your own card and you go to certain places that they show you in the app and say, guess what? You can get 10% if you dine here or if you buy something here, you get 12%. That, that's, yeah, 12%. So think about this. If you actually had a $100 meal, right, and you get 10% back, that's $10 of Bitcoin. Right. That's and that, right. that's what. Yeah. So th this is this is what Paul is talking about. Yeah. So yeah, and so people are going to do it anyway. They're going to use their cards somewhere to do something. So if you have these cards attached to the app, then it allows you to get that Bitcoin back. So it's opportunities out there like that. And that's only one of a ton of platforms that give you stats back. 
Yeah, and I want to talk to you about uh, Andreas Antonopoulos, right? Known as uh, yeah. Bitcoin Jesus, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So here's the deal. So basically, there was nobody else. So he's he's the one that really brought it forward. They call him Bitcoin Jesus. And I have taken upon the authority that I have invested in myself to say that he is no longer Bitcoin Jesus. Michael Saylor is Bitcoin Jesus. Andreas Antonopoulos is Bitcoin Moses. He led the yes. way. He parted yes. the sea. All yes. right. But my but Michael Saylor is the Messiah. Okay, he he's the one. He's got the cobblestone in his pocket. So if you were a Muslim, you wouldn't do Hajj. You'd find Michael. Right? And I know okay. it, it sounds incredibly and, blasphemistic, but you know what I mean, right? But I, t- I tell you what, and you 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 might you might you maybe you agree, maybe you won't agree with this, but Michael is about to get dethroned. Uh, and, and I know why. I mean, let me ask: Can I try and say why I think he's about to get dethroned? I think because. Well, well, it, it, it's going to be by someone else when I say dethroned, not dethroned because he's not, I'm saying by someone else. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let me tell you what I was yeah. going to say. Cause I wasn't going to go okay. there because Michael okay. Saylor and Elon and a few others, they put it upon themselves that they were going to form a consortium of people that were going to bequeath the ideas down to everyone else on what was acceptable as clean versus dirty energy as it related to Bitcoin mining. And it's like, yeah, dude, when you're actually inserting yourself that way, that is not decentralized. And so I, so, so I felt that when you said that, I would said that that was the causation of yeah. his fall from grace. Careful, baby, the wings is made of wax and the sun is much hotter than you think, right? That's right. So, 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 yeah, so were you talking about the thing I was talking about, or were you talking about something else? I was actually talking about NYDIG. I don't oh, know NYDIG. Yeah, NYDIG. NYDIG. Yeah. But let me tell you something. Just the top article. Right. Mutual is now doubling down. Wait, wait, wait. You, 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 now- well, you, you clicked out. Say it again. NYDIG, okay. New York so, yeah. Digital. Go ahead. Yes. New York Digital Group, Investment Group, I think it is NYDIG, but they have now partnered with Mass Mutual, the massive mutual who's already Who's already bought $100 million in Bitcoin and put it on their balance sheet. Yeah, That's right. Exactly. They are now doubling down. They're going to make it possible so that, now again, it is for the institutional investor to get more exposure to the Bitcoin fund. But the point is, is that the partnerships that NYDIG have been working on with banks opening up massive gateways for money to flow into Bitcoin, it just blows my mind. And if you've ever heard Ross Stevens, or if you've ever heard um, uh, the other guy uh, from NYD, I'm talking. I'm telling you, these guys are phenomenal. The way the way Ross Stevens delivered at Michael Saylor's. Oh my God! Oh my God! I, I was ready to change religions when I heard it that day. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was like April third and fourth when he had the. Yeah, that was that was so. Yeah, Ross Stevens. Ross Stevens is the real deal. He's the name that yeah, you're going to be hearing. And, and, and what Paul is talking about, and I'm talking about all the listeners, right? And this is why I believe that Bitcoin is going to win. And this is why I know I'm right about Bitcoin. Because this, I say this every week. The smartest people that I know, and for what it's worth, with Paul, I think you're very learned and you're very smart. Okay? And I'm not being kidding. The smartest people that I know, the people that actually challenge the way I see things, to that, that open up my, my consciousness to looking at it another way, the smartest people are the ones that are, that are Bitcoin. They say Bitcoin, yep. Michael Saylor, right? Pa- Preston yep. Fish, Jeff yep. Booth, right? Yep. Raul Paul, right? Yep. These, these people, Robert Kiyosaki, yep. right? These, these, these people, I'm, I'm not hearing uh, how else and General Motors says, yeah, we, we see that uh, Shibu Inu 
and Polkadot are the future. So we're buying $10 billion we're putting on our balance sheet. That's, that's not, remember, even casinos out here in Las Vegas, they're not gamblers, okay? No. If you drive down these streets, you look, all those lights, not built on winners. It's a certain formulaic method to making money. But anyhow. Um, it is. And then, and that's what, that's what I noticed when I started watching the space back in 2011, 2012, the moment that I saw A16Z put 50 million, I think it was maybe it was even 25 million into Coinbase. I was like, mm, that's interesting. And then I began to slowly watch veterans from Wall Street transition into crypto companies. And I'm like, ah, something's going on. You don't get people to make decisions like this lightly, right? These people, do. and then you get regulators that leave their positions and go to crypto companies. Right. There's just too much of a shift to moving that direction. I'm like, it's it's here. And it's here, here, here's the other thing you need to realize. You need to not listen to what anybody's saying, right? Like politicians, and you got to watch what they're doing, right? And so my my son, Daniel, Daniel, give a shout out, the goo, okay? And just so you know, my son, Daniel, he, uh, I hope he's dollar cost averaging every week. He said he was, or he said he was thinking about it. But anyhow, to my son, Daniel, he worked at Bank of America, and the job was to actually open up accounts for people. Hi, can I help you? Like, open an account today at Bank of America. I mean, basically, he had to get accounts opened, otherwise, the no job. And basically, the instruction was in 2018, if anybody says because they got to know KYC, know your customer, AML, anti money laundering. So, what do you guys do? It happened to Dave and I. We went in the bank. It's like, so what do you guys do? It's like, well, we kill people for the CIA. You're still going to let them, right? No, but they want to know what you do and what the money's for, right? And he said to me that if anybody ever mentioned Bitcoin or crypto, we were supposed to say, you cannot open an account. You cannot, right? Jamie Dimon, right? The chairman of the biggest bank in the world, JP Morgan, said, I would fire anybody who actually buys Bitcoin, right? And now, Bank of America has cryptocurrency assets for their investors, and so does J.P. Morgan, right? So everybody's lying, right? You can't cover your ass and your face at the same time, right? So you got to pick one, right? And me, uh, I, I don't, I don't have a face as beautiful as you and David, so I'm, a, I'm gonna cover my ass. That's, uh, I'm, I'm gonna lead with, I'm gonna lead with that. Hey, I want to, I want to end on this one last thing. So no, so what we're talking about is we're talking about institutional investment. Right. And yep. people have said, well, Bitcoin's going to go to the moon when institutions get involved. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I don't think institutions are going to push the price. I think poverty is going to push the price. And specifically, this big deal in Venezuela. And Venezuela, sorry. Uh, El, El Salvador. But, but the thing is, is that poverty is going to push Bitcoin because 22% of all the GDP that uh, El Salvador gets is through remittances, right? And basically, Bitcoin is as disruptive to Western Union as uh, Uber was to taxis, right? And now the thing is, all of a sudden, the people that are they're working in the marginalized jobs, right, from, from uh, El Salvador, they're saying to their bosses, hey, can you pay me in Bitcoin? And other bosses who have $300 million, maybe, could say, well, what is this Bitcoin? I literally think that poverty is going to spread Bitcoin proliferation like a colony of ants. Do you have a have you ever thought about it like that? Do you have a take? You know, I haven't thought about it like that, but I do see that being a possibility. Um, I am of the mindset from the sentiment that I see from everyone and what I see in the news. This Treasury Reserve asset narrative, I think, is probably going to drive a lot. And what I mean by that is because 
when these folks enter, they don't enter in the 10, the 100, the 1,000 bucks. These guys are entering hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars into Bitcoin. And so now granted, a lot of that's going to be done OTC. And we've seen that happen here recently. A lot of the activity was happening off chain. Or, or not, not off chain, off exchanges, but OTC. So I think we're going to see a lot of that happen. But once they have their positions, their ends, I think they're going to pump this thing to to the heavens. Look at micro MicroStrategy. He said he was raising a billion dollars in stock sale to buy Bitcoin. I have not yet seen the news where that was completed, and he has bought. If no, he did. He did it. Oh, oh. No, he said this is a new offering. Oh, new offering. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Okay, yeah, because so I, I didn't think there's more money. All right, yeah, got it. Yeah, there's more coming there. Mass Mutual, I mean, not Mass Mutual, Metro Mile announced that they were putting a million dollars in, but if you read deeper in the article, guess what they said? They were going to put 10%. They've only put 1% in. They've got nine more million to buy. Now, nine million, maybe not a lot of money, but the point I'm saying is that if these guys are now revealing that they are off zero, how many more other corporations are getting off zero already? That's going to continue to push this yeah. thing up. And I think when they come in, yeah. Like a couple yeah. of months ago, there was an ad, right, in the Wall Street Journal that Amazon was looking for a vice president of cryptocurrency. But they came yep. out and said, no, 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 we're absolutely yep. not going to take cryptocurrency, right? Just just right. like, just like uh, you know, the politicians de denying the illicit affairs from girl That's one, right. girl two, That's girl right. three, Dude. girl four. <laughs> then enough time goes by and says, I know this is going to surprise everybody, but I've been having illicit affairs. Anyhow, <laughs> I've enjoyed you so much. You, you, came, you. you came into my life so quickly. I know we're going to be lifelong friends. And Indeed. anyhow, so is there anything you want to say as far as promoting your services or any words to the wise or even words to the dumb? Anything you want to say before we go? Hey, just 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 find me on Twitter, folks, at underscore crypto curator. And trust me, you'll never be without me. I promise. <laughs> I actually believe you. Travis, our engineer, thank you so much for all you do every week for us. You're welcome. Dave Hampton, Robo Recruiter. I really enjoy what's going on, where we're going on uh, with our, our business and this podcast. Thank you so much for being so supportive. Likewise, thank you. I'm the Job Whisperer. I'm David James. And remember, everybody, can't whisper. <laughs>